Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tim. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Timber, like a, <laughs> like a tree falling down. Uh, yes. That, I'm, right, I'm sorry, tree, trees falling down, <laughs> yell Timber. What was, what was that? I don't know. Yeah, when like uh, you know, when the the lumberjacks are chopping down a tree, yes, they'll the, usually yell. Yes, the lumberjack yells timber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you said. I thought you were going to say timber, like a tree falling down. Well, that's when the tree is committing a suicide. <laughs> it uh, doesn't want to live anymore and just tips itself over. Everyone betray me. I'm done with this world. <laughs> timber. <laughs> yes, that sounds right. This is a horror movie podcast. Uh, we talk about horror films every week. We get together, we talk about a film that we've watched. Uh, we also look at horror movie news for the week. We always start the show off with that. Uh, so we're going to do that, of course, first. But then we'll be talking about Ice Spit in Your Grave this week. The original Ice Spit in Your Grave uh, from 1970. Oh, I've forgotten the year. 1978. 1978. Good job, Tim. Good job. You're on the ball. I like it. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. It's a big year for me. <sighs> In what way? <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't born yet, but <laughs> I was looking forward to being born. I was, I was simply a soul up in heaven just waiting for my chance to come down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so this was a vote winner, uh, I Spent Your Grave. Uh, that was the winner of the, the last Patreon vote. Every month, patreon.com slash TV. the $5 and up patrons get to vote on a movie on streams after midnight. Uh, and it was the second batch of, actually no, the third batch of the alphabet, because we had some alphabet votes over this year. We had an A, B, C, D one, and then a E, F, G, H, and then this was the I, J, K, L vote. So uh, obviously I won, which was I spent your grave, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But of course, as I said, we have movie news to do first, horror movie news. So there'll be a timestamp in the description, uh, and should be on the screen right about now, telling you when the... Uh, when the movie discussion starts, if you want to skip ahead to it, so. Probably uh, important to note that, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a stamp that, you know, you can put on like an envelope if you're sending mail out. It's just a, it's just a timestamp. <laughs> Tim, I I'm, I'm... That's a really funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I don't even say that. Tim. I don't even say that. This, this guy is some, people some, love it. People some love horror it. movie news. Uh, so, Especially our uh, our fans and our mailmen and male women. The women can yeah, be male male people too. <laughs> Actually, I I saw a, a lady a postman, as we call them in the mm-hmm. UK. I saw a lady postman just the other day doing her rounds. Are you sure, are you, sure you weren't playing Death Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I can confirm that I have not played Death Stranding. Yes, but Ooh. Mr. Big Shot. But I have not played Death Stranding. And too too big to play everyone's favorite game of the year. Hey, Resident Evil 2 came out this year, so don't even start with your favourite game of the year nonsense, right? I'm not having it. Alright, first bit of news. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically, West Craven's estate has begun taking pitches for a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. 
So his family want money, <laughs> and they decide to start taking pitches so they can make some movies and get some money. That's that's the, the gist of this. Um, that's it is funny. Like I always like articles like that where it sounds like I feel like they always want to come off as like, oh yeah, like they they love the franchise and want to like you know reinvigorate it. And I'm sure there is like an element to that, but it, yeah, basically like it is usually like yeah, they probably want money, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it's like the same thing whenever you hear like an actor say like you know oh uh, this actor said he'd like to be in a marvel movie it's like well yeah of course like <laughs> they want a ton of money <laughs> um but i mean this is awesome i, I you know I, I just need to find out where the, these pitches are taking place uh and uh yeah, i will be there <laughs> hey freddy's not done space yet I think that's the first, first yeah. and foremost. We have to pitch some space ideas, because um, it was only two months ago yeah. uh, that uh, we talked about Craven's Estate getting the rights to the, the franchise because it reverted back to them, kind of like what happened to Friday the Thirteenth. Except the producer of Friday the Thirteenth is disputing it, which is why that's trapped in legal hell right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, luckily, luckily, uh, Warner Brothers or whoever didn't uh, put up a fight <laughs> with yeah. uh, with the Craven Estate. Uh, so uh, there's no news of like having a distributor or whatever in place. There's no news of what's going on here. Um, I did see a tweet from Mike Flanagan saying he had an idea. Yeah, I I, I saw that as well. That's uh, pretty exciting. I would be definitely be interested in that. Mm. So I I think this is definitely something I feel like you need to get some type of um, you, you know, like you can't just have any like Joe Schmo like do this like like who the hell did the you know nightmare reboot no one like no one's ever heard of that person like we actually get like someone with talent to do this could be really exciting yeah yeah let michael be he could do a good job no (laughs) that would uh that would hurt i mean I, i know like not too long ago um uh elijah wood and his like production company was saying that they would like to uh you know, produce one. Um, so, I mean, that would, you know, Spectre Vision, you know, uh, I think their output has been pretty good as of late. So, that, we'll, you know, we'll that go, would be interesting. We'll get the Craven clan on the phone then, Elijah, and yeah. get, uh, <laughs> get your pitch in. I mean, can you imagine if, uh, you know, I always forget the um, the name of the person who did Man- Mandy. It was like Cosmatos or something like uh, that. Pa- uh, Paddy Cosmatos. Yeah. So, and I mean, I imagine if he Panos Cosmatos, I mean, I have the first name wrong, but it's definitely Cosmatos. Yeah, it's something similar to that. But like, imagine like him like doing like a nightmare movie, like oh baby, like oh, that could be like so exciting. Um, I do, I do like your space idea though. <laughs> they could have the just call it the satellite Elm Street. Uh, you know, and then there's uh, definitely something you could do with that. Maybe one of the androids like starts sleeping. Hey, hey, hey. on board <laughs> in space no one can hear you dream oh there you go <laughs> it writes itself <laughs> writes itself baby <clears throat> but um yeah i mean uh you know I, I've, obviously i've said before like nightmare is like my franchise uh you know it's like one of my favorites i it's the craven I, estates franchise time you've not been paying attention <laughs> well i mean we're you know we're simpatico uh once <laughs> <laughs> once they hear my pitch uh, uh but you know, I, I mean, this is super exciting. Uh, yeah, I've said before that 
you know, I think we need to get uh, England in there for like one last performance. I think we need one last like good Freddie thing. Oh, Robert England! Freddie. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> England? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the whole country. It, you know, Fred, Fred, it should be Freddie uh, going overseas. Honestly, it wouldn't. Uh, American su- Freddie in London? Why not? It would. Uh, <laughs> American Freddie in London. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me one bit if if they do one movie that is kind of your your nostalgia sequel that brings robert england back and is like a hell i wouldn't even be surprised if they get the hell of lion camp back as nancy and like do like a final like hurrah that maybe ignores everything since three at least but even may even do they ignore everything since one route potentially Um, possibly yeah the you know obviously freddie's dead is like horrible but i do think there is something there where they set up the idea of the like dream lords or whatever. And I do think you could do something with that where, I don't know, like if you do want to, you know, pass on like Freddy's power or something to someone else, you could have something with, you know, the dream lords taking his power away and giving it to someone. And then, you know, if you want to kind of pass the baton to some other type of monster or something, which it would definitely be weird, but I don't know. I I think there is a way, you know, you can do that if you want to, have one last performance with Freddy, but then also, you know, pass it to someone else. Uh, so you can, you know, kind of re- have a new franchise or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a good many ways that, that could be handled horribly, but I, I do think there's something there that you could look into, but it, it's also such a bad movie that yeah, people probably want to just forget about it. Mm. You could do, go like some sort of like a musical route. You could uh, have <laughs> F- Freddy K and the Elm street squad. And okay. he's, like a, he's like a rapper. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I mean, he's he's no uh, stranger uh, to rap. He has appeared in the Fat Boys video. Um, and he technically he was on that. Um, well, well, I don't think it was actually Freddie, but there was that Will Smith song about him. But I think that was unauthorized. Uh, so <laughs> shame on you, Will Smith. But. <laughs> unauthorized told here uh next up james wan is apparently uh setting the scene so here's here i'll just i'll read the i'll read the text here from blood disgusting heading with okay. an article in variety which has since been removed interesting curious curious uh was news that universal pictures is meeting with directors for a new take on frankenstein uh, Ooh, that would be produced okay. by james wan Hey, that could be cool. I mean, I, uh, you know, you know me. I love a Frankenstein, uh, and yeah, I, I'd definitely be down to see more uh, movies about him. Uh, I mean, have we really gotten a good movie since like the the old Universal ones? Like the the '90s one with Robert De Niro sucks. The all those ones like I Frankenstein and like Frankenstein's Army and and stuff. Uh, you know, haven't um... been great. <laughs> I want to say the uh, Flesh for Frankenstein was okay. Maybe the Hammer one oh, was okay. Yeah. Did, actually, did the uh, Hammer do Frankenstein? <laughs> I, I think they did. I, I don't think they're as known for it as they are, like the Draculas and stuff. But I do think they have at, at least a couple of Frankenstein I'm sure, movies. I'm sure, I'm sure I... Hold on. I'm going to check my book. I'm sure I've got a Frankenstein by Hammer. Hold on. Yeah. Was it, was it just called Frankenstein? I think it's just called Frankenstein. Hold on. One second, Tim. You, you entertain the folks. <laughs> with your, uh, you, 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 talk no, about the, you talk about the fact that we also almost had Javier Bardem playing uh, Frankenstein's monster in the dark universe that has now been cancelled. 
such a shame that yeah that could have been good although i do want to go back to <laughs> nightmare on elm street real quick because uh, i just thought of something uh, when like it chapter two came out a lot of people are saying uh yeah the guy that directed that would be perfect for a you know new nightmare on elm street movie i guess because he kind of you know it had a lot of big sets and um you know different crazy pieces in it and i just gotta say uh i really hope that doesn't happen uh because you know <laughs> we were not fans of the it movies and i don't know i i don't think the guy's necessarily a bad director but i wouldn't trust him with a nightmare uh franchise it, it, you know especially it would just end up being all generic hollywood jump scares and stuff so uh please not him <laughs> craven estate if you're listening but yeah uh other than that uh you know with frankenstein again i'm a big fan as you know uh one of my favorite comic book characters i love the dc frankenstein i love the wachowski frankenstein i love the uh steve niles frankenstein uh frankenstein just has a, a lot of oh of course the the marvel frankenstein um you know the old 70s monster frankenstein series uh they put out at marvel so uh frankenstein has a you know very good long history in the uh, comic bookdom so i would uh yeah definitely recommend checking out any of those comics uh, and, and you know they all a, a lot of them kind of make frankenstein a little bit of a hero but you know i kind of like frankenstein uh, as being a bit of a good guy you know it's just a little bit misunderstood it took a bit of doing but mm. But once I, once I, I was like, okay, it's not just called Frankenstein. I don't have a Blu-ray called Frankenstein. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, and I did a quick Google. And one of the things that comes up says the evil of Frankenstein. I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. Ooh. And I checked my shelf. Oh, no, I don't have that. And then I went into the Wikipedia and it said the first one was the curse of Frankenstein. I checked my shelf. I have that. I, that's the first one. I've seen the curse of Frankenstein. That's Hammer's okay. first Frankenstein movie. <laughs> I solved the mystery. Okay. Good news. Cool. Do you remember if it's any good or not? That's the question, though. I, I remember enjoying it uh, well enough. Okay. Um, I'll have to check it out then. As, as a Hammer movie, you know, as, as, as a Hammer style movie, but um, yeah. uh, it's, it's not as good as the uh, the original uh, mm-hmm. uh, movie film. But, um, okay. you know, because Dracula, there's more of an argument, perhaps, because Christopher Lee's so good as Dra- Dracula. Um, sure. But uh, Frankenstein, not as much. But you do have Peter Cushion as Frankenstein, yeah. which is cool. So yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely love like you know uh, a, a new Frankenstein movie. Um, again, like I I never really get too excited when it comes to producers because you know I, I feel like it could you know mean so many different things. Like you know they could be really hands on or they could just be like you know attaching their name to kind of help it get made or whatever. So I mean I do like James Wan, but I mean him producing you know doesn't necessarily excite me. Uh, it once we actually you know find out who the director is i think that's what and maybe a little bit of what uh you know it's gonna entail because they say it's a new take on frankenstein so it's not like they're just adapting the book again but uh i mean if it's gonna be similar to like you know what we've seen from like the invisible man trailer like that you know concept and trailer looks really exciting and stuff so i mean if they you know, have something similar to this where it's a you know interesting you know kind of new modern take uh and they're getting good talent involved uh, this could be really exciting yeah yeah I also loved how you kept stalling <laughs> as I was looking at my shelves by talking about the comic book history of Frankenstein. I, I enjoyed that particularly. Um, so next up, uh, Paramount Pictures has picked up the rights to Jonathan Bear's short film, The Follower, um, and the accompanying pitch by screenwriter Aaron W. Sala. So it's a movie about my fans on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bear's short film tells the story of a young babysitter who is being mysteriously followed through her various devices. 
So part of uh, the creepy story is told via the devices. Uh, the future version will have the same setup, but focus on the young woman's attempt to turn the table on her would-be stalker. So someone stalking a babysitter using all of the electrical devices in the house, so we'll see some of the movie through those devices. It sounds like not all of it though, which is good. Like, go to them when it's relevant and it's all add to the, the movie, but don't necessarily stick to it the entire time and bog yourself down into, like, a found footage, you know, corner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the... What, what was, like, the found footage movie that, like, you know, it, it wasn't just, like, one single camera, but they used, like, security footage and stuff. You thinking a Chronicle, maybe? Uh, maybe. Well, I guess multiple movies have done that. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it could be interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> oh, yes, it sounds okay. It sounds okay um, as, as, a, as a concept. Um, oh, so, yeah. Um, don't have any, any sort of opinion on the, the writer, for sure. Uh, Brad Fuller and Andrew Form, who produced uh, Quiet Place, The Purge, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, A Name on Elm Street, and several other horror <laughs> properties with Michael Bay, yeah. eek, <laughs> uh, are, are producing via the label. But I like The Quiet Place. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the Friday the 13th remake's okay. Name on Elm Street, not yeah. so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up. Next up. Uh, so, uh, Fede Alvarez, if I'm saying his name right, who did direct mm-hmm. the Evil Dead reboot as well as uh, mm-hmm. Don't Breathe, uh, and Evil Dead reboot's very good. One of the few very good, very, very good remakes. Uh, yeah. So he and his writing partner, uh, <laughs> Rodo Sayagas, Sayagas, yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce the name, I'm sorry, uh, have closed mm-hmm. an overall deal with Legendary Pictures, uh, Deadline's reporting, and in addition to their bad hombre films producing an upcoming reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which <laughs> we knew about, <laughs> that's not new news. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, it's just funny. Another reboot. Another reboot. We're rebooting the reboots of the reboot. How do you reboot a reboot? Well, you <laughs> you you re reboot it. Anyway, so they're also on board for an untitled horror film. Which this is the premise that we have right now for this. You know, we, you know, it's going to be directed by Alvarez uh, and okay. written by Joe Epstein. Here's the. <laughs> okay. Not that, not that Epstein. Not that Epstein, no. <laughs> Joe Epstein. Jesus. So, here's, here's the description for this untitled horror film. Uh, so, the only thing we have for it is this. It's been described as The Shining set in the White House. <laughs> okay. It could be, uh, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> it's, it's a take. It's a take, for sure. Uh, so, it could be interesting. Um, uh, and I just have a bit of an update actually on that Texas Chainsaw uh, reboot, uh, which uh, Alvarez is, is producing. Um, so uh, that, that news came out in September. Um, and here we go. So uh, basically, we have uh, a, a writer here. We have Chris Thomas Devlin writing oh. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Um, so it's been described as a reboot of the original classic. So this is more of a remake, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, hopefully it'll be just doing its own version of it rather than, you know, just try to copy what the original was. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe, maybe have more than one Chainsaw Death, for example. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just hope they keep the Chainsaw. I hope they don't try to 
modernize it and you know like make it like a i don't know a tide pod or something the texas the like the texas the texas weed whacker massacre yeah <laughs> that's what we're doing yeah. <laughs> i mean i guess it could be interesting but come on it's not the same as and i can't tell you what anything chris thomas devlin has done it just says newcomer why chris thomas because okay. <laughs> he's new <laughs> okay I was All about right, to well, tell you, Jesus Christ, working with this guy, seriously. Well, there must be something about this, uh, this fella. If, uh, <laughs> you know, if they're giving him the the Texas reboot, reboot. So. Oh yeah, because you you have to be really good in Hollywood to get access <laughs> to a Texas Chainsaw reboot. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Studio Canal is going to turn mm-hmm. Baghead into a feature film. Baghead's a short film. Uh, that came out uh, a couple of years ago uh, from Alberto Corridor and Corridor's going to be on board himself to direct it which is cool so uh, Baghead revolves around a mysterious figure called Baghead a diminutive wrinkled up person who is able to manifest the dead and bring them back to our world for short intervals people seek out the mysterious medium to reconnect with lost loved ones once in contract with Baghead, however, the title character's true powers and intentions are revealed, and there's a high price to pay for his contact with the deceased. So, like a couple hundred bucks, or <laughs> it has uh, the feature transfer uh, will build on that storyline and take a saw-like approach, adding in supernatural nope. elements. <laughs> oh yeah, like Saw is famous for. <laughs> Well, it says adding in. It says saw plus supernatural elements. Oh. That's, that's what it said. <laughs> the way it was worded, it sounded like, oh yeah, like supernatural elements, like saws, famous, famously known for. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to know uh, what's the deal with this guy? Does he wear a bag over his head or what? <laughs> uh, let me have a look. Cause let me. Ch- uh, it's more of a more of a sack. The looks of it, but yeah, I mean. Okay, I guess Sackhead doesn't have as much of a ring to it. I disagree. I think Sackhead sounds great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To each their own. To (laughs) each their own, is all I'll say. And then last up, news-wise this week, no trailers this week uh, that I deemed worthy of discussion. uh, (laughs) You know, just FYI. Uh, But last up here, so... Uh, budget, apparently low... the the new cats trailer was not worthy of discussion it's not a horror movie i mean it's <laughs> it's horrifying <laughs> but it's not a horror movie uh plus i talked about that in the stream that i did last day so it's fine there's, 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 there's coverage cats has been covered <laughs> okay been covered so uk filmmaker adam ethan crow is making a low budget horror film called lair um and Based the fil- on the PS3 game? <laughs> I do not believe so, no. In the film, US actor Corey Johnson plays a professional debunker of the supernatural whose beliefs are put to the test when his friend claims he was possessed by a demon. An unsuspecting LGBTQ family becomes embroiled in the drama. Uh, UK actress Alexandra Gilbreth is co-starring with a Risley actor, Oded Fair, who you might know from uh, The Mummy or Resident Evil sequels. I... I do not. Um, we've talked about this before, though. Like, I'm just so sick of this storyline where it's like, oh, the the paranormal researcher or debunker or whatever. Uh, you know that, you know, it's gonna start off with them like going someplace, debunking something, be like, hey, this isn't real. I don't believe in this stuff. And then, of course, they're gonna get a case, which surprise, surprise, turns out to be real. And I don't know. I mean, it it could still be 
interesting and worth doing or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, just based off that kind of you know little tidbit alone, it's like ah, we've seen this done so many times. Yep. Um, but the news here as well is that he is he's a, he's a developing a prequel to this movie already called The Bone Harvest, and okay. a yet to be titled sequel. So it's basically going to be a trilogy, but he's doing the middle film first. <laughs> okay, and, and they say it's like low budget, so I guess, mm-hmm. I wonder, is he financing a lot of this himself? It doesn't go into detail. Oh. <laughs> uh, it says I mean, like, produced by Crow's Dittles Films with Shelley Atkins. So there's a, there's a producer. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't want to, you know, sound too harsh on a, you know, like a, some an indie you know, movie person doing like a, a low budget thing. Cause that, that is definitely cool. I do like that. Uh, I just hope there is something that's, you know, different or unique about it that makes it stand out and isn't just like, you know, the hundred movies with, with this premise that we've already seen before. But I mean, if he has so many ideas and stuff, maybe he has like a kind of a cool take on it. So I'd be interested to at least kind of see how it pans out. Yeah, um, the final little tidbit here is this actually was in development at Fox, but when Disney bought Fox, it kind of just got kicked out. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, good that they're, you know, continuing with it. Uh, and hey, hopefully it actually does end up being really cool. And then <laughs> rubbing Disney's face. Movies find a way, Tim. <laughs> Movies find a way. Uh, so that is the horror movie news for the week. And one last thing before we get into the movie, I want to thank our Patreon producers, uh, David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. And I'll also thank Tyler Hess as well, because he's also sponsoring this show uh, with, oh. his, with his sponsorship sponsorship slot, I'm trying to say, <laughs> uh, at the $10 tier. So uh, producers of uh, patrons who are $20 and up on patreon.com slash TV. But you can support us over there for as little as $1 per month, and that $1 will get you access to an exclusive extra episode every month and that should be fun uh, and we also just announced recently that there'll be a couple of extra episodes going out every month for everyone anyway uh, we're going to have a six episode per month schedule plus patrons get a, an exclusive one so uh, that, that's starting officially in january but uh, uh go on uh yeah go have a look go have a look at patreon.com um which means we can move on to our discussion for i spit on your grave how dare you <laughs> <laughs> Joe, it's funny as, as I was watching the movie sometimes I'll look at IMDB and just look at the, the actors see what else they've done maybe in the meantime especially for older movies and the second movie for the, the main actress here uh, Camille Keaton um, or well, technically the third movie but whatever uh, it's a film called Savage Vengeance and on the poster for this it says uh, I will dance on your grave and I'm like I feel like <laughs> you're trying to capitalize on the one sort of known thing she's been in uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is my guess there uh, so what's, what's interesting is that there's actually a sequel came out to I Spit in Your Grave this year and it's a sequel to the original film that stars Camille Keaton uh, interesting okay it's called i spent your grave deja vu but that is not to ignore the fact that there was a remake and then two sequels to that remake so there's actually so there was a fifth i spent your grave out this year there's five of these some bitches now wow. <laughs> which basically means that without realizing that we are starting a new franchise today <laughs> um which is unfortunate because we have a lot to finish franchise wise but um here we at are at least it's a at least it's a really fun franchise it's a really fun, lighthearted franchise. It's yeah. not uncomfortable to watch in any way, shape, or form, and it's a light, light breezy, breezy day in the the the, the movie watching. Yeah, I gotta room. say, man, our our patrons, uh, 
there's some sick puppies voting <laughs> <laughs> for this one my gosh i mean it's a pretty iconic movie at least you know for its reputation yeah. and title so yeah. Yeah. like we're gonna to have to do it at some point i mean why not sure. now <laughs> why not now uh, so we'll start spoiler free of course as we always do we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers uh, I Spit in Your Grave is a rape revenge film and is notorious for being maybe one of the most brutal. I'm sure there's some seedy little films that have kind of never had any press that are probably worse, but um, Notorious, it was one of the biggest films on the Video Nasties list in the early 80s in the UK. That makes sense. Um, it, was, it was banned uh, for decades. It was finally released on DVD in the UK in around 2003-ish. But it was cut by, I think, like, four minutes. There was, like, four minutes of, like, edits on it to get it. And that was with an 18 rating. That was, like, the highest rating, but it's still, you know, cut by four minutes. And then I believe, I found out just as I was looking it up today, it was re-released again in the UK in 2011, which was a, a fuller version, but not uncut still. It still had, like, two minutes worth of material uh, taken from it. So, uh, as of yet, it's still not technically available in the UK, uncut. Um... So, which is interesting because for my viewing, um, I actually, this is the first time I watched the uncut version. I watched the director's cut of this. Um, but the first time I saw this, which was a long time ago, was the, the cut UK DVD. So, um, I, I don't remember it well <laughs> enough to sort of know exactly what parts were added or were missing the first time. Um, it was all from the, the sex stuff. It was all from the, the, the violence. It was not, none, none of it None of it was from the uh, the back half where it's, the revenge stuff happens. Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they didn't just cut off like, you know, three or four minutes of her in the cabin writing no, or something. No, no, <laughs> no. it was very specific shots and moments during the actual assault, uh, which yeah, were, it was which more, were cut. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't so much a sex stuff. It was more of a pacing issue. That they <laughs> more wanted of to... a pacing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get into it. So, yeah, do, do be warned. We're going to be talking about, you know, a movie that has a, has a lot of sexual violence in it and uh, more than we've ever talked about before. So, uh, yeah. brace yourself. And we'll try We'll try and keep this uh, our Funny. usual <laughs> entertaining selves, but not at the expense of, uh, you know, making of light of the yeah. actual activity itself that's going on in the movie but um Definitely, yeah so yeah i mean the movie's pretty straightforward uh we're introduced to the main character of jennifer uh, she's leaving new york city and she's going to a cabin it's, it's very the shining almost she's going to a cabin for the summer to write her book she's a writer and she, we don't actually find this out until a little bit later but she, she writes for a magazine but she wants to write her first novel so she goes out for this secluded sort of house this lake house uh somewhere in the middle of nowhere and uh, she wants to write her book and of course uh, a group of men kind of take notice of her and ultimately attack her uh brutally rape her uh for a long time as well that, that section of the movie is a good 25 30 minutes of sort of yeah. on and off again kind of attacks mm -hmm. and then the film's about her getting revenge it's a revenge movie it's her, it's her kind of you know being left for dead and then ultimately hunting them down kind of one by one uh so there's not a whole lot to spoil really outside of like how certain things happen because that was that's basically the whole plot <laughs> that's that's the whole yeah. thing uh so yeah i will start uh, had you seen this before tim uh actually i, I have i have not um oh that's a, this is so this is yeah, a it's... biggie for you this is your first time down the uh yeah the, the grave uh, and the spit the and everything in between yeah. <laughs> um yeah because like I, i'd obviously heard of it and uh you know, like it, it has a great title, like the title sticks out at you and stuff. But 
you know, I I knew it was like a very brutal movie, so I just never really had much of a desire to watch it. Um, you know, like if I was going to watch it, it probably would have been like when I was like 20 or something and just like really want to, you know, immerse myself in everything. And now I kind of just like, you know, like the same old kind of like movies for the most part <laughs> yeah uh, i i yeah. saw this uh, as a teenager um maybe around the age of 16 something like that and it was um it was in a box set that i got called box of the band and it was all it was it was like six or seven video nasties anchor bay put it out yeah. um and they had driller killer it had i think the first evil <laughs> dead was in there and uh, a few other things um and like I say, it was cut, so I, I didn't necessarily see the worst of what's in the movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still uncomfortable to watch. I remember it being uncomfortable sure. even even with the cuts. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I the movie like this is a very difficult genre because I, I feel like oh, one, yeah. of my, one of my one of my complaints in film often is when they use sexual assault to just make you hate someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least in this case it is very much kind of what the movie's supposed to be about i think that a lot of the debate we have during this show today will be talking about how effective it is in actually accomplishing what it's trying to do right um as opposed to you know because it's, it's, it's not like it's not like the rapes like a like oh that's a quick thing to set up a villain or something like that no the, the whole movie is about that that experience mm-hmm. and then the the anger that that unleashes afterwards like mm-hmm but yeah it's still banned in several countries by the way like canada it's banned in canada no i I mean i totally see like i and you you know what's funny is it does remind me a little bit of um last house on the left which was one that was a movie that i always heard was very brutal and extreme and maybe it was at the time but when i watched that for the first time i thought like this is just like silly like it's like you know there's some bad parts in it but it really isn't like horrible like i i don't think it's as hard to watch as you know other movies i do think this is one that lives up to its reputation of like you know oh this is like hard to watch like uh you know especially if you know i can't even imagine someone that you know might have been like closer to you know that like has had a past with these things or has known someone you know that's had incidents like that this happened like this would just be like super you know hard to sit through i feel and, uh, I, f- I feel like the entire genre is something you probably stay away from if you've well, had sure, an experience sure. like this yeah oh for sure yeah uh but yeah i was uh, i was actually surprised though like at uh especially you know from the time because you know sometimes uh you know stuff doesn't live up to being as extreme uh, when you think about it but i i do think this is definitely one that you know merits uh it, the reputation uh that it has because, uh, yeah, it is definitely not a uh, a pleasant movie to sit through, for sure. No, it is not. Uh, so <laughs> I, I will ask the, the question I always ask Tim, um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer to this. <laughs> uh, I don't think... I don't think enjoy is the right word in this case. Sure. Uh, uh, how, how did you feel about uh, I Spent Your Grave? Well, uh, I mean, I... I am glad that I watched it in a way because, uh, you know, again, it is something that has, uh, you know, reputation and it is, you know, for better or worse, like, uh, kind of like a well-known horror movie. Uh, so it is nice to kind of scratch it off the list, be like, okay, I've seen it, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say that I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think there were some like kind of cool parts to it. Like I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, 
but um i i don't know i i didn't think it's it's hard to kind of say exactly what it's trying to accomplish like is it trying to show like how you know brutal and nasty this kind of thing is like you know like like is it supposed to be like hey like you know look at the reality of what the situation can be like uh so you know like you shouldn't do it or, or you know whatever like i, I don't know if, if it's trying to do something like that or is it just trying to give you shock value um because yeah like if, if it's just like shock value like then you know it definitely feels like it goes too far like uh you know like if if you want it to be part of the story there's uh, i think more sensitive or artistic ways you can show it um but but again maybe he doesn't want that maybe he wants to show the kind of stark brutal reality uh of what this is but yeah I mean, even if that is the case though it's not like something you really want to watch <laughs> yeah i think it's supposed to be raw and challenging and something that um doesn't shy away from the the horror of what it really is um and you know and as a revenge movie so the, the back half of the film in a lot of ways is is, is the, the character of jennifer kind of mm. like you know so realizing it, she's on her own she's just like she'd rather like go after them and get help in any other way yeah. um you know i mean even today you hear about people not getting help they need when when they report something like this um i i as far as i know the 70s was worse yeah. like, you know as, as the further oh, back sure. you go yeah. the worse it gets uh so and I, I mean i wonder if that to it, it, that might have been maybe an interesting thing to explore so i'm like if she did go to the cops or something and they kind of just you know like shrugged her off like oh well what were you wearing or you know we, i'm sure you were asking for it you know something like that i don't know if that might have uh helped kind of show the you know the nature of this kind of thing but uh yeah so i do think you know, the important part uh for these type of movies is definitely the revenge aspect and um, it, it is definitely cool in the second half to see her, you know, getting the revenge, uh, and, you know, so th there are definitely like some moments, uh, that were, you know, cathartic to see. Um, but I don't, I don't know, there's also some stuff that even with that like revenge part that I didn't really like that, uh, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll get into later, mm. but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think a much like, um, uh, 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 uh like a much better like uh, example of this genre though would probably be one i think uh we both liked which was a uh, revenge like that's mm. to me like when i think of like the the rape revenge kind of movies I, I think that's one that like kind of handles it a little better uh versus this <laughs> yeah that's definitely more of a flashy movie movie though whereas this sure. is, is trying yeah. to kind of be just depressingly realistic in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I'm not saying everything in it's realistic, but it's definitely going for something that feels a lot more down, down to earth. Sure. Um, uh, what I will say is I do think a lot of the movie is actually rather well directed. Um, yes. I think, especially knowing what the movie's about, the the first chunk of it, when you're sort of like seeing the guys start to notice her and you mm -hmm. still, I, there's, there's like a tension to it. You're kind of uncomfortable because if you, if you know this movie's reputation, the build-up to it actually happening is actually really... Mm -hmm is really bad arguably worse than the the, the scenes themselves because you you in your head you're how bad can this be how bad can this be like uh, yeah. i'm kind of worried because of the reputation and and it is bad don't get me wrong but like uh that that build up for that first like you know 25 30 minutes uh is you know because she leaves the the, the the relative safety of the city uh and she's now in the middle of nowhere 
and uh, we have you know these these four men who are are involved in this and um, one of whom's kind of a, a separate character who is presented as more sympathetic at least to begin with um mm. someone that she kind of befriends and the other is less so but yeah, and I wasn't sure if that character is supposed to be like mentally challenged in some way or something. I, I, th- or... I think he was, yeah. The, the, the way he spoke and the way he, he, he interacted with people definitely give me that impression. Um, and he almost came across as bad comic relief at first, though, the way... Because, I mean, I think that the, the, the one thing that objectively does not work in this movie that well is a lot of the acting. The acting's not particularly mm. great. Yeah. Uh, I think direction is is pretty solid. There's a lot of really nice sort of uh, choices with the camera work, especially um, not so much during the the attack itself, because the attack itself it, it almost like it almost gets too in your face uh, with a couple of things. But you're getting like her POV shots at various yeah. points that are kind of disturbing. But the uh, like the, there's one like really good scene I liked where uh, there's kind of like the uh like there's kind of like parts uh to the attack uh and so like there's the initial you know like incident and then she's kind of like getting away uh and you know for a while i actually thought like oh like maybe she's gonna you know escape or whatever but then she kind of runs into the you know the the characters again and i actually thought that was like horror wise uh like done really well like it was really kind of creepy the way like the people kind of started showing up yeah the way, uh, they, the way they committed the scene the way the music kind of played off of it and they cut around yeah no there's there's good moments like that and um, even just the setup stuff where like early on in the film it shows you how comfortable she feels that she you know as soon as she gets to the house she immediately strips down naked and goes for a swim in the lake and she feels comfortable yeah. doing that she feels safe she feels like this is the way it should be um and it's like no like because a, a lot of the movies about like them closing in on her on her world and just making her own place feel unsafe um and it you know kind of escalates and escalates until the attack happens but um that stuff is pretty well handled i think and i think the revenge stuff mm-hmm. is pretty solid for the most part as well uh, obviously the back half of the film is a lot more comfortable to sit through um <laughs> because the worst is out of the way but um and the catharsis is there it's coming it's uh is this going to happen but um yeah it's definitely it's a weird one it's a weird one like i i don't think it's necessarily something that i'm going to want to watch again <laughs> oh for sure you know <laughs> like um, it's not something that you like uh yeah you, you know uh grab some popcorn and call your friends up and be like, <laughs> hey guys like, what are you doing friday night let's uh let's check this out <laughs> Let's watch I Spit in Your Grave. And then again with commentary. Um, <laughs> no, I... The fact is, though, I'm not worried about that because I think I saw the remake on TV like a long time ago. And it was... it was it, Obviously, it still had the subject matter, but it was it was a Hollywood movie, so it wasn't like this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm not worried about the sequels to that. And the new one that came out this year for the, for the original, even though it's a sequel to the original, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like this. Well, at least not yeah, to the same would... extent. Yeah, it it definitely feels like yeah, this is not a movie that can could be made again or like duplicated, you know. Yeah. All that said, the director came back for it. So the original director has done done the new one. And the the new one. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the new one is is, is extreme. <coughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh. So. Yeah, it's tough. I can't really like. 
I think there's good filmmaking going on here, and I can kind of appreciate the artistic merit of the director being like, no, I want to shock people, I want them to feel how horrific this is, I don't want to pull any punches. But ultimately, we're watching really horrific things that are, aren't... This is like when I'm watching a normal horror movie, and I'm excited about heads getting bashed in, and, you know, blood, and stabbings, yeah. and, and things like that. This is this is a very different ballpark. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, you know, we're not really addressing, you know, something very obvious, but like, you know, I, I think this is probably something that'd be very different to watch if you're a woman versus a man. Like, oh, sure, uh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I mean, myself watching it, I'm obviously You yourself very are a man, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Tim it, has a penis, like... I can confirm. <laughs> it's weird that you can confirm that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, obviously, yeah, it would be a very different experience uh, as a woman. So it, it does feel kind of weird to, you know, review it and judge it where, you know, I could easily see like, you know, like if I'm like, hey, I, I don't like watching this, I'm uncomfortable or something. And then, um, I don't know, I, I would be interested in, um, yeah, like a women's take on this because, you know, I, I wonder if it's, you know, uh, like more uncomfortable for them or if, you know, some people are like, oh, well, I like that, you know, since this is something that does, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, sucks to say, but, you know, it is something that, you know, does happen uh, to women. And, you know, so I wonder, you know, if their point of view is like, oh, uh, you know, no, it's good that they show this to show that how, like, you know, messed up this is. I think it varies. I, I think a lot of people will not want to see it at all, uh, both men and women. I think... Yeah, <laughs> uh, makes sense. I think some people, uh, like, celebrate the film because it was one of the first films that they let the victim kind of fight back after the fact. and true, give yeah. Give her the, the, you know, the... The revenge. Well, the revenge. I mean, I, I was talking yeah. for a different word, but you know, the revenge. Um, like, so you know, there's the that, that's almost the fantasy part of the film is the idea of getting back at your attacker, which is the thing that most people don't get to do. Uh, in fact, yeah, almost none. I I would I would hasten to say there's probably only a very few examples in the real world of of a victim of something like this actually getting to either kill or <laughs> like whatever yeah. to the attacker. Like I. You know, so I guess there's that part of it, uh, which may be something that some people do find uh, like cathartic. Cathartic, yeah. yeah. Like I, I could, I could see that being a thing. It's, it's one of these things. It's such a strong subject, such a strong thing that I think everyone. Will ha I think the most common responses to this movie are, "This is this is shocking and terrible. Why did you make me watch this? I don't want to see that." But I think there is then the subsect of people who sort of see what it's trying to do and will appreciate it for its rawness. But yeah. And I'm kind of somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Like I, I don't necessarily think this should be banned. I don't think it should. Sure. It shouldn't exist. At the same time, I don't necessarily particularly enjoy watching it that much. Well, yeah, not yeah. really. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think that's totally fair. But I do think, yeah, I don't <laughs> you know, necessarily like it either. But I do think it is, you know, interesting to kind of challenge yourself with these kind of things every you know now and again like i mean it'd be pretty bleak if like you're only watching like you know raw depressing movies and, and that kind of thing but oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think it is yeah kind of like especially if you're if you're like a casual movie watcher or whatever but you know if you are someone that does you know um like appreciate <laughs> the art of cinema i think yeah occasionally you do have to kind of you know challenge yourself with things like this I mean, not this specific movie, but, you know, <laughs> stuff that's, you know, stuff that maybe is outside of your comfort zone. 
Yeah, uh, and this is the thing. Like the movie has, you know, an extended sequence. It's kind of split up because it's kind of like there's like one attack, and they kind of play a game of cat and mouse with her, and then there's a second attack and a third attack. Um, and honestly, like it's this big extended sequence, and it is kind of extremely, like obviously you're already like uncomfortable, and it's already kind of horrific from the first attack, the first moment that yeah. anything happens. Um, but you, like you said earlier, you kind of feel like it, maybe it's over now, and she's just stumbling away and. You're like, okay, that was bad, but, like, I don't know if it necessarily earned the reputation, but then it keeps going, and there's more, mm-hmm. and it, it keeps, you know, doing more and more with it. Um, and uh, the, the thing that I think affected me, perhaps more than anything, um, is there's a point um, where they're back at the house, and there's already been, you know, two or three attacks at this point, and she starts pleading... Uh, yeah. that she'll go along with it. I mean, because she, she was struggling before and she was just pinned down by, you know, four, four men. So th- there was just mm-hmm. nothing she could do. Um, but she starts playing to say that she will do something for him, but please not, like, not like not like normal sex, not not in the vagina. Because at this point, because uh, there's, like, hints of blood, there's hints of, like, oh, they've been rough with her and it looks, you know, she's, she's, she's in pain. And she's, like, offering other things just so that they won't do it again down there. And it it, it, it really... Yeah. That that like moment of like just desperation and of, of bargaining, um, I think is probably the lowest point for me, just in terms of like yeah. w- when it hits the most. But um, yeah. that may vary from person to person. Um, and I, I you know what, I mean, I guess we're in spoilers. It's kind of weird because yeah. the movie doesn't really have a whole lot to spoil outside of That's specific right. lines and you know stuff. Um, yeah. I I think some of the stuff that like seemed like the you know, the hardest for uh, for me was like a, a lot of the, you know, stuff outside. Cause just imagining like, I mean, obviously already you're, you know, in a very, you know, like painful and comfortable situation, but just like when the, you know, being like pinned up against a rock or something, or like, you know, you're naked and you're so vulnerable, but you're in, but you're also like just, you know, like covered in dirt and leaves. And it's probably like, you know, it's probably just painful just being on those like kind of surfaces and stuff. Like, I don't know, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, being out there just seems so, I don't know, I guess I kind of like, you know, uh, adds to the kind of like bleakness and rawness of it, you know, too, is, uh, I don't know, just being <laughs> out in nature and vulnerable like that. Yeah. And it kind of, it does this thing where it, it starts with something that feels more everyday and sort of simple where so there's the four guys there's the guy who works at the gas station who's kind of the first one she meets he's kind of friendly to her whatever it's not a big deal and she goes to the house and she meets the the, the you know the what was his name like it's a grocery delivery guy yeah matthew matthew, matthew? Yeah. yeah she meets matthew and he's kind of he's kind of almost sweet he's kind of like oh you're really pretty and he's but he's he, she's and she's kind of nice to him she kind of like you know goes along with what he's saying and yeah. uh says we're friends now and yada 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 um but the other two guys so we find out matthew hangs out with these guys uh because he has nowhere else to go to and he says that oh he really likes the girl he loves up in the house now and you know they're cracking jokes about it and they're making fun of him because obviously he's not someone who's been with a woman or like uh would do something like that and when I say it starts off with like a really normal everyday thing that um, it's just a general discomfort thing that happens is uh, the other two guys that are there, um, guys three and four I'll refer to them as, uh, they're, they're like on a boat, just sort of, and just, they're on a boat and they, they, they drive past her, they sail past her, and she's, sitting in, she's in a hammock, she's making notes for her book, and 
they they sort of drive past her and they're far away enough and they just give her a wave and it's like okay innocent they're just saying hi no biggie and then they come back and they're much closer and they're just sort of staring at her the whole time and she begins to get uncomfortable and they're just kind of like going around in circles and making a lot of noise and it's just like simple harassment and attention she doesn't want um and of course later on the film the leader the the gas station guy he he's like you know he tries to say oh you were showing off your legs and you were sitting there in a bikini yeah all all the usual you know you were asking for it you're putting yourself out there on a platter kind of thing like all these usual lines yeah that like bullshit kind of like well what did you expect when you're like hey it's you know your fault for driving me crazy with you it's like shut up (laughs) which i I think is the one thing that's kind of beautiful about the movie's logic is that i think everything that happens in the back half they were asking for it Oh, like, for sure. Oh, you know, yeah. That's you know, a good they, point. <laughs> they, you know, they, they were, like, they did this. They're asking for, for comeuppance uh, in the most extreme way. Um, yeah. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, like, because it, it, it does that thing. You sort of, you, you get to see them talking about her uh, beforehand. And then it, then it kind of puts them off camera. And there's that moment, like, at night time when she wakes up because she thinks she has a noise outside. And we're not really sure if it's one of them or, or whatever. It probably is. I mean, there's no one else in the movie. Yeah. It could be, but... <laughs> Uh, and then it's, it's the very next day that the attack happens they just you know come up to her and start harassing her when she's in a little canoe and then she's sort of the land and then the other guys show up and they're, they're doing this under the guise that they're, they're they're offering her to matthew so matthew can have sex and he yeah. doesn't he doesn't want to um so then the others just start like, having sex with her one by one and and, and each one's separate though because she, she runs away for a little bit after the first one and that's when we get that moment you said you liked where she runs into the one guy with the harmonica and then the others kind of yeah. come out one by one and it's kind of this tense sequence um but it's is worth mentioning even though this stuff's well directed it is worth mentioning she is completely nude the entire time so yeah. if nudity bothers you to this extent then mm-hmm. it is there the whole time and you know what's kind of funny is like um i don't know if they were like kind of as popular uh around this time but it almost does feel like the like you know, a, a horrifying version of what I feel like is something you would see in like kind of like uh, comedy movies, which is like, you know, the plot line, like we got to get our friend laid, you know, like, it kind of feels oh, like, yeah. uh, like in a way it's almost like that, except for, you know, oh, this is like the, you know, uh, much more like, I mean, that already is kind of like not <laughs> the best plot, but I mean, this is like the gross uh, horror version of it. And um yeah, and it, it is kind of, and it, it kind of adds this other level to it that's even like, uh, I feel like even grosser. Where it's like the the fact that, um, again, like yeah, they don't really come out and say it, but it, it feels you know like there is something like mentally wrong with this person. Uh, that you know, adding on top of that, like the you know these people are pressuring him to you know, engage in this thing that he clearly doesn't want to because, yeah, he's the one that's, like, you know, eventually kind of succumbs to it, but, like, you know, constantly throughout, he's like, oh, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so the whole thing is, is just... I don't even want to describe the next chunk. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good just sure. kind of saying there's lots of there's lots of sexual assault and just kind of leaving it at that. Um, yeah. I, 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 described, I, I described the one moment where she's kind of bargaining because uh, I think that part's important, but, like... Yeah. And, uh, and uh, again, yeah, I'm not, not going to go into details, but I was surprised uh, at, again, just how much they showed, 
you know, because I, I feel like even in, you know, other movies um, where you see this kind of thing, it's you're still usually not like looking directly at it. Like, you know, a lot like it might be implied or, you know, they might cut away or, you know, you kind of see it from like a, a distance or in shadows or something like that. Uh, this is very, you know, again, adding to, you know, what they probably want to do with showing off just, you know, how you know, unsavory and, uh, you know, up close and, and stuff it is, but they're, you know, like you're right there watching it <laughs> like yeah. you know, with, a, it's, oh, it's tough. <laughs> Including very, uh, uncomfortable close-ups. So when Matthew's on top of her, yeah. there's like, when she opens her eyes, there's a close-up of his face, like right in her, right in the camera, you know, right in her yeah. face. Uh, and yeah. that's very uncomfortable. Uh, after <sighs> they, they leave, um, basically it's like okay we kind of have to kill her because she can kind of like turn us all in so yeah. they they try and make matthew to go kill him they give him a knife it's like well if what someone's going to get done for a murder it may as well be him because we can maybe still get away with it uh i mean they don't wait for him admittedly i, I thought they were going to leave him behind like he was worried about but uh yeah. he, he can't do it he doesn't he doesn't again have the balls to kind of to, to to kill her so he he just kind of like wipes some of her blood that's like on her face onto the blade so they'll think he's done it and you know i'd kind of forgotten this chunk of the movie from memory which is like there's a bit of time where you know we see them like hanging out in a diner and kind of talk about it's weird how no one's like like found a dead body in two weeks like no one's it's not in the papers no one's talking about it what's going on and we know she's alive we we see that she's you know you know we see her crawl to the bath and uh you know you know clean herself and uh, we see she's still writing and whatever um, and she even like spies on them a little bit. We see that the the main gas station guy's got a wife and kids, and we see you know other things uh, around as she's looking spying on them. And we don't really get a I whole. Was... I was going to say we don't, we don't get a whole lot of like her planning anything. We don't really know what she's yeah. thinking. Uh, we know that she goes to church and she sort of asks for forgiveness, and we're like forgiveness because obviously you're like forgiveness or what? You were attacked. Why are you for- asking for forgiveness? But it's more about what she's about to do rather than yeah. <laughs> what she has done and uh, i mean i think that is kind of interesting though too because i do feel like you know there are like s- some religious people that probably would you know blame the victim uh, like that but um i i do think it is interesting though like in those kind of scenes where it's juxtaposition juxtaposition of like uh you know how uh, sadistic and evil and brutal these people are and how like they're able to just kind of go on with their lives uh yeah when you know, the, afterwards when they're sitting at a diner there's a point where you're a little bit worried about what may happen and gas station guy uh, i think his name's johnny he's, he's like uh he's basically trying to cheer him up say, hey smell it's not so bad we'll have to get make sure you know, smell again because we might go get some pretty girls later and he's like yeah you're <laughs> right and he's trying to cheer him up <laughs> after what they've done and it's, it's kind of showing it's, it's really displaying what this event meant to them versus what it meant to her you know her life has completely been ruined and changed and she's forever yeah. going to have to live with this um but of course she then enacts a plan which is the, the rest of the movie and we're in spoilers by the way if that wasn't clear i said we were but right, just right, i'm right. making it very clear right now we're in full spoilers yeah <laughs> um so she puts in a call for more groceries to be delivered which is how she met matthew in the first place and matthew and you know again this is where i, I like the direction in the script is that he he's here he's, he's at the store and he's, he's like stocking shelves and his boss says hey matthew you have to take you know f- you know some groceries to this house and it's her house and he just like looks scared shitless and him like going to the house in the bike and like riding up like this was genuinely really good like he's scared of yeah. like like the like 
he's the only one out of them who's actually scared of her. Um, and he kind of comes out, and she kind of seduces him. She she uses her, and again, this is kind of thematic for the movie. She uses her sexuality to lure him in, because he actually gets a knife, and he's going to try and stab her because it's like, oh, they, they hate me now. Because when they find out she's not dead, there's a scene of them all beating him up uh, because he wouldn't kill her because he didn't kill her, and. Yeah. Like, he's going to do it, and she's like, no, no, and she's like, opens a robe, and she's naked, and she's like, no, Matthew, I, I, I want you, I want you here, and she kisses him, and she goes in, and, um, they even, they even have sex, like, she's on, he's on top of her, and he's, he's, he's like, she's full-on lured him in using sex. And, and I think it's, um, because I think the first time that he, uh, you know, was was doing the thing like uh, they <laughs> so made... <laughs> you can see it, Tim. You're avoiding the words. The first the first yeah. time he was raping her, yes, he right. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't finish. Yeah, so so that was like a, a thing that was coming up or has like come up before. Where he's talking about like, oh, like I didn't even get to come, and then uh, yeah, and then this is kind of the you know part of the, him or her trying to seduce him. And she's saying like, oh, like you know, I'll even let you finish this time, or you'll be able to finish this time, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and but as as he's on top of her, she pulls out a noose that she had ready, like sort of set up, and puts it around his neck, and then pulls on this other end of the rope, and it's, it basically hangs him in the tree. He's he's hanging, and he's 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 uh, pants are down at his ankles, and he's he's hanging there, and he, then she puts him into the water, puts puts his bike into the water, uh, and she makes a phone call to the grocery store afterwards to cover her tracks and say, "Hey, I ordered some food a while ago. Why is it not here?" Uh, so. Yeah. That's the first kill down. That's the first one, and it's and Matthew's a really troubling character, like you say, because because he is pressured into it, but he still ultimately does it. He still, you know, yeah. um, and I mean, maybe we could get into a whole debate if he represents kind of like almost the young and how they're influenced by older males into this kind sure. of behavior. But I, I I don't know. I don't know if that's actually intentional or if I'm just trying to read into it. Um, yeah. but he's still guilty. He's he's still ultimately guilty. Um. Yeah. I I think yeah the problem is like um, making him and again uh, you know it's hard to say what the movie is trying to say about him but like if he is I I, I think it is does feel murkier if he, it is someone that's like mentally challenged because yeah then you can kind of make assumptions or arguments about how much exactly he you know, was like kind of cognizant of like, you know, what he was doing. Like, obviously he seems to know what was wrong, but you know, what are the differences with, you know, uh, that kind of state of mind. And then, you know, when you're being like pressured like that, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it would have been handled better if he didn't come across that way, but he was just maybe, you know, more of like a nicer, more innocent person that just had doubts, but eventually was forced into it versus like a potentially, uh, per, uh, you know, a grown person with potential, like, you know, uh, limited mental capabilities. I, I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely um, murky. There's no, there's no denying that. I do think yeah. the the kill order is a little bit weird because I, I thought it was weird that she goes after the gas station guy next and leaves the other mm-hmm. two who, because she leaves he, them till last. And I, I feel like the gas station guy was the big bad. He, yeah, he feels like the main guy. Like the because like you said with the other two they kind of just seem like yeah guy two and three like they don't like yeah you don't really remember their names and their personalities so it does seem like yeah the the order is a little strange uh i i will say i do like that uh with like you know her first kill and stuff uh 
it's like um again I, I guess kind of mirroring like what happened with her attack where you know she's like all bloodied and dirtied and stuff uh and you know it, naked and in the woods but like when she's seducing them she's like you know wearing this very like you know kind of like uh you know like this nice little like nightgown robe kind of thing and you know she's like very done up and has makeup on so it's you know looks like the kind of you know the, the exact opposite of where she was before and, and it's you know almost like haunting in a way like almost seems like ghost-like or, or something mm. like when she's kind of like seducing them but um I think the one thing that kind of like, obviously it does feel great when you see her get her revenge. Like that's what you want in the movie. Like, you know, her really, you know, uh, you know, taking it to these guys and stuff. But the the one thing I'm kind of not crazy about, and I get how it like fits thematically and everything, but I don't know. It always seems weird to me when it's like, ah, like you've been through such a traumatic experience. uh, Like, but then, your revenge also like includes this weird like sexual part like it feels weird to even give them like you know that kind of like pleasure of you know seducing them and, and stuff I, I don't know that that always kind of seems weird for uh, for me i don't know if it's just a well i think it's two things like, thematically it ties into the idea of using the sex as a weapon like using it back sure. to hit back but then i yeah. think it's also this idea that she is so broken or so changed by the events that you know the the, the like I don't want to say the fear but the like it's almost desensitized her to the act itself so she can she can use it as like, a weapon uh, yeah. you know in a way that she couldn't have done before kind of thing because uh, because uh, next is the gas station guy and she goes to, and just sits in a, in a car with him and so sort of, insinuates that he should get in he gets in and they get to you know some random place and she pulls a gun on him uh and he's like hey you don't have to force me like i'll do it and like and he actually at one point says he doesn't like women telling him what to do which is you know greatly like ironic oh you've only been forced into something (laughs) oh what a shock um and she eventually drops the gun but i actually like probably the best part of the acting of the whole movie is her here is jennifer you know camille keaton here because he, he this is where he he he, he try and justifies his actions he tries to justify everything by saying oh you came you showed off your legs you weren't wearing a bra you blah 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 and you know any man, man would have done the same thing this is just what happens if you put yourself out there like that you know this is what you wanted you know you did um and she just sort of stands there and she drops the gun and the look in her face of just like it's almost like the reassurance that she's doing the right thing that the only thing that's going to work here is to actually absolutely destroy them because yeah like the way he thinks is just irreparable uh it's yeah. you know and uh you know she's like hey let's go and have a bath i'll give you a scrub in the bath so and she, <laughs> she makes small talk with him she talks to him about uh about matthew his about his and kids stuff. yeah and yeah. Uh, she gets in the bath and she's you know she's giving him a hand job and but she's as she's as she's doing it she's saying hey no matthew's missing because i killed him and he's like oh you've got a weird sense of humor and he's and <laughs> again talking about her using the sex as a weapon and sort of luring him in like like how stupid is this guy <laughs> that he is falling for this 
And best is the thing, I don't think it's unbelievable. I think it is believable. I think it is believable oh, yeah, totally. that he has the hubris to think that even after what he did, that she liked it and she wants more and that she would do this for him and that it's not like a plan to do something else. He It never yeah. occurs to him that this is a ruse. It never occurs to him that she's got something up her sleeve or under the uh, the bathroom mat, as the case may be. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, totally. And I think, uh, yeah, unfortunately, there are, like, idiots whose brains probably work like this where they think, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, eventually she liked it and, like, then it, this is kind of probably just, like, reaffirming that, like, oh, hey, I guess I was so good that, like, yeah, she's probably coming around or something and it's... uh. Yeah, that, that is like an interesting <laughs> little yeah, like look into his psyche. So, uh, this is probably the most famous scene in the movie because she cuts off his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually kind of like how this is filmed because you just like you you sort of like feel the slice of it happening, Ugh, and yeah. you just see like the water becoming red. And he for the first couple of seconds, I do kind of like that he's like, oh, that kind of hurt, but it still feels nice. <laughs> like it's not really yeah, sunk in I yet. Think- what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that it takes like a minute. Like, uh, I think he says something like, "Oh, that's good," and then, then he says like, "Oh, it's like so good, it's painful." And then that's when he the blood starts coming up, and you realize like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then I like that she doesn't just like instantly kill him and put him out of his misery. She locks him in the uh, the bathroom, which I think, you know, probably just means he's gonna just end up bleeding out and dying but uh yeah yeah I, I like that it's yeah just not like a quick easy death for him oh yeah he suffers he probably suffers yeah. more than any of them and that's yeah probably just but uh yeah. no I, I love the effect of it because he kind of st- stands up and he's holding his hands over his crotch yeah. as one would do if the, the dick was just cut off um but i love that he's, he's clearly squeezing something in his hand to squirt out blood occasionally and it just it, it made it look really good it looked really gnarly because yeah. of that um so no sympathy for him but i think every man watching this uh, again you talked about the difference between a man and a woman watching this scene i think all the men watching this scene just kind of like just close the legs a little bit tighter yeah. just just protect protect the goods a little bit more uh yes. just just on, just on instinct um but uh yeah so and then it's basically she's in the hammock and again i like this because it kind of comes full circle where she's kind of luring these two guys in because it was these two guys number two and three or three and four whatever we're calling them uh who who were harassing her by driving past on the boat at the start of the movie right so she's basically sitting out in the hammock again in her bikini to lure them in and they kind of come back and forth and they want to deal with her and she then ends up harassing them she ends up like driving the boat around one of them is when he's in the water the other guy tries to defend them and get an axe but she ends up getting the axe off of him and swiping him in the the, the back and then the final guy uh gets a you know the, the rudder basically uh, right in him she turns on the engine uh, as he's right at the back of the boat and we just see lots and lots of blood coming up from the from the water um and yeah, and it, 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 actually, it, it took me off guard how the credits just kind of start playing as she's driving yeah. away in the boat, and she's still there on the screen, and the credits are playing uh, before it fades to black. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I I like the uh, I'm okay with the like ideas for these kills, but I think um, I mean one like you mentioned earlier, it does feel a little anticlimactic after the you know what kind of feels like the big scene in the movie. Um, and then also, I don't know, it seemed like maybe just it was kind of awkward the way it was kind of shot and, like, cut between and, and stuff. Like, I, yeah, uh, I, 
I don't know. It wasn't like, um, it, like again, like obviously, like I'm, I'm happy she's getting revenge on these people, and like, yeah, the idea of yeah, like the you know propeller, uh, especially like you know he's really begging uh, at that point, and you know like you mentioned earlier, it kind of mirrors like you know when she was begging earlier in the movie, um, and like yeah, so like you know that the idea of that kind of you know coming up, but uh, again, it just seems like maybe I don't know, it could have been done a little better or. Uh, you know, may- maybe switched around in the movie or something. Yeah, I definitely put gas station guy last. Uh, because it's it's more of a climax. It's more of a big moment. Uh, this was the harshest one. Um, as far as far as the weird cutting around and the, the boat stuff goes at the end, I feel like that was probably just because they were working around what they could and couldn't show in terms of what right, they're yeah. you know like they didn't have that makes sense. However many effects they had, or if they had water you know practical yeah. effects it just, budget. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah it, it just it feels like weirdly like a lot of uh like back and forth like it's not like you know she's in this boat they're in the water and it's not like she just goes right to it it feels like there's a lot of like circling around and then kind of cutting back to the boat driving then back to the person then back to the person on the shore and then the boat driving again and it's like uh it just it, it didn't really come together for me there's a lot of of, uh looking at the the uh, the the, the front you know point of the boat uh, as it's turning there's a lot of shots like that yeah yeah maybe it's a little overstuffed in that sense but i mean mean, like you said though i'm sure you know (laughs) this definitely wasn't like easy you know stuff to film so and yeah makes it makes sense but it's not the, the best when you're looking at it yeah uh so i mean that's that's basically the movie um it's a weird one because kind of like what we were saying earlier, it's probably something that all horror fans should see at some point. Sure. Uh, yeah. Just just to cross, cross it off the list. That said, I mean, if you obviously if you are if if you feel especially sensitive to this material, uh, this type of material, then yeah, by all means, stay away. I don't think you're missing yeah. some like, you know, important film if you don't see it. But mm-hmm. um, if you are a horror fan, you're sampling you know all the classics and you know good and bad, whatever they may be. Uh, it feels like it should be in that list and it is challenging Uh, maybe you think of things a little bit more Uh, and like I say I think the the general idea of like her being like harassed and feeling less and less safe beforehand is pretty good and afterwards the way it kind of mirrors some of that stuff and the way she goes after them and the way she uses tactics or the way she uses incidents that kind of like earlier to trap them or lure them in is Mm. is pretty good but um but yeah, it as a big uncomfortable section uh, to get through in the middle. Uh, well, kind of early middle. Um, yeah. And you know, it is what it is. Um, I I I I don't imagine I'll watch it again unless I've got some particular reason <laughs> to. But I don't imagine me sure. ever going. Oh, I feel like watching Ice Spit in Your Grave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I gotta say, I was like a little surprised because I. I, I thought it was going to be, like, sleazier. Like, it was, you know, like, it's still not, you know, fun to watch, but um, it does feel like it has more of a point to it. Like, it's not just trying to win you over from the, like, you know, shock factor or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the, you know, intentions are, but it does seem to maybe be more of a you know, kind of real life, like, hey, this is what this act is and does and looks like and, and stuff versus, you know, like something where, 
it's just trying to be like a sleazy midnight movie to get people like, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go see that to see some nudity and violence and stuff like it. Uh, I, I was like a little uh, a little surprised that it, it wasn't uh, as much of that as I thought. But I mean, it's still definitely a tough watch, though. <laughs> Yes, but it was more craft than you were expecting, and maybe yeah, more, more of a, a point. Yeah. Uh, so with that comes the difficult task of rating Ice Bay in Your Grave. <sighs> Let's see. I think, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it is definitely tough because, uh, yeah, there, there's merit in the filmmaking, although it's not perfect. There are definitely you know instances like you know like you kind of saying before that where you're like oh like that that shot looks good or like oh that's like an interesting uh you know like a way to take this or whatever yeah there's, there's, uh, there's then, genuine tension there's genuine genuine yeah. tension in how the, the the scenes some of the scenes play out uh but then yeah but then i think there are like definitely like some you know stuff that's uh you know not great uh and you know not i'm just talking about like filmmaking stuff not like you know the subject matter or whatever and uh it, it is a tough watch but still a it, you know kind of interesting and, and again if you like to you know challenge yourself with stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable i think it does definitely does a good job uh, of that but um uh, but again it's like hard to say that i would necessarily had a ton of fun or uh enjoyed it but i am glad i saw it so i, I think i am going to give it um a, a a six out of ten because uh, yeah like a, there's an a, you know aside from like uncomfortable subject matter you know uh can't really think of much that's like necessarily like wrong or bad about it you know yeah um i think that's fair also i just noticed that the uh the two kids that were in the movie the, the, the last names are both uh, zark zarchi which is the director's last name so that's the director's oh. <laughs> kids most likely oh, okay. or, or maybe nephew and niece but the two kids that you see for that one scene that's a uh, director's family probably his kids <laughs> i would guess um yeah i don't know why i read it <laughs> Because it's actually, I think it's some of the acting's pretty rough, but it is pretty well made from a directorial point of view, and there is some genuine tension. It does feel like it has a point, and it's you know arguably is it the right way to go about making that point? I think that's a debate that you sure. could have, um, but it is trying to do something. It is trying to be this kind of shock piece to kind of show the horror of this and. But give some catharsis for it at the same time uh, afterwards. So, yeah, I think six is pretty fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with six. I'll agree with six. Uh, but, you know, I think if... Uh, I don't want more sheen necessarily, but, I, I, you know, just a bit more gravitas is maybe what i want <laughs> to make it really work uh ultimately i don't know like like is a rape revenge movie for me ever going to be like a great 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 movie i don't know like i think ultimately the subject matter kind of pins it down a little bit because sure of what we're dealing with yeah yeah no it, it's a you know it's a very hard uh subject to tackle and again i guess it's kind of a debate is it something that um unfortunately as long as it you know is something that still happens uh you know i i, I think it is worth 
talking about and making it known. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's like how, 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 how exactly do you like represent that? I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do think like revenge, it was like a really good entertaining movie. That's a good example of it. Uh, I don't know if you have ever seen dangerous men, but that is a <laughs> bad I, example of it. <laughs> I have not, but, uh, sounds it, interesting. It's a, a, it's a fun movie to watch. It's like a, uh, you know, um, I have the, the Blu-ray <laughs> of it. It's a, because you know it's one of those the room kind of movies that's uh, like uh, so bad. And I think like the person that made it took like you know took him eleven years or something. Like it's just some like dude that was just making it like in his spare time when he could. But it's uh, there's <laughs> some crazy stuff in that movie. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I I guess just something a bit more classy. Um, I don't know if a seventies exploitation film. Um, you know about this subject was ever going to be a complete home run but at the same time there's an argument to be said that maybe 70s exploitation was the the perfect home for something like this at the time uh sure because of, because of the type of movie it could be and what it could cause in terms of reactions yeah uh so i don't know but hey uh so so yeah some <laughs> you know we're in the positive side of the scale because there is some talent here but you know, know what you're getting into before you watch I Spent in Your Grave. I would never uh, just throw it on in front of someone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, again, if this is something that you're uncomfortable with, I don't think there's necessarily a, uh, you know, like if you get triggered by this kind of thing, I don't think it's worth putting yourself through it. But <clears throat> I think, um, you know, if you are going to watch something with this subject matter, uh, you know, this is at least a, a better, like, feels less, you know, exploity or sleazy than i'm sure a lot of other examples could be yeah go watch unbelievable on netflix eight episode series based on a true story uh oh geez <laughs> that was that was, that was pretty good that was pretty good uh oh, okay so um it's got, got tony collette in it um so the whole thing anyway uh so that is uh been us talking about ice spitting your grave and uh that has been streams after midnight you can of course let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff you can get us on the the twitters that mailed us for, us for channel updates you can get us on the twitters though for streams specifically at screams midnight uh so that's good uh you can of course um Go to patreon.com slash mailfuzz tv. Uh, thanks once again to our sponsor, uh, Tyler Hess, for streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so do go over there and have a look at that. Uh, you can support us as well, of course, by rating us on the uh, the audio podcast app you use. Uh, Apple Podcasts being the most common one. Give us five stars and a review. It helps more people find us. We're really, really valuable. Go and do that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that is pretty much us. So thank you very much. Uh, next week, Christmas season begins. <laughs> so look forward to that uh and if you're a patron at the five dollar tier up make sure you go and vote uh on the on the the current vote before it ends which ends at the end of the month for the christmas movie vote so go, go do that uh but uh that is us so thank you thank you once again for watching or listening uh, we always appreciate it keep watching the scary movies guys and we'll see you next time